If you were considering forming a community interest company or CIC, or you already have a CIC that you're running, then it's important that you understand the idea of an asset lock. In this week's podcast, I'm going to be explaining what an asset lock is, what an asset locked body is, why we have that in the first place, and the general treatment of assets within a CIC. Hi folks, welcome to another weekly podcast on I Hate Numbers. This is the podcast that has the mission to increase your financial awareness, help you in your business make more money, save tax and time, plan it, do it, profit. Let's crack on with the podcast. A community interest company typically is used in the context of social enterprise. It's classified by most people as a not-for-profit organisation. Now, that doesn't mean that it can't aspire to make profits. If anything, it should have as one of its key objectives in making surpluses, in making profits, so it can sustain and grow and deliver its why. What we're talking about is those profits aren't necessarily there to benefit the founder, to benefit the directors. They're there to be ploughed back into the organisation to help sustain itself, build up its reserves and deliver those services to the community that it's defined. If we contrast that to a normal commercial company, one that's owned by the shareholders, then any profits that are generated after tax are therefore available for distribution to the shareholders themselves. So there is a financial reward in addition to any salaries they're paying themselves. That concept does not exist in a not-for-profit body. Those profits that are generated are used there to benefit the recipients, the audience, the clients that the CIC seeks to serve. In all other censuses, by the way, folks, community interest companies and other models that fit within that framework are businesses and they have that in common with what I call commercial businesses. Now, what is this idea about an asset lock? Well, the very idea of this not-for-profit is such that when it receives money through services it provides, grants, donations, funds provided by the selling of goods and services, then it's essential that those customers, those donors, those funders are assured that those funds are being used to meet the CIC's aims, not to enrich the directors, not to enrich the founders of that organisation. So therefore, that assurance is provided by the idea of the asset lock, that those assets could represent machinery, plant, land, buildings, computer equipment, whatever it may be, those are locked within this corporate veil and they're not there for the benefit of the individuals. Now that's the idea of an asset lock. And again, it's there as much to provide assurance, but also money that's donated via trusts and foundations through grants is effectively public money. And therefore to give that extra level of satisfaction, that extra level of assurance that those public funds are being used correctly, the asset lock reinforces that. Now, asset lock has permanent long-term consequences, so it's really vital that those who run CICs, those who are looking to form CICs, are fully aware of its implications. Now, having looked at the idea of an asset lock, let's summarise the key features. Now, a CIC, for example, must use its assets, must keep those assets, and it has to be used for community purposes for which it was formed. Now, if for any reason those assets are transferred outside of the CIC, whether they're sold on, 
or given to other organisations, then it must satisfy any of these following requirements. Those transfers or sales must be at the full market value. And that's the market value at a hands-off transaction. Now, selling something at the full market value means that ultimately the CIC still retains the value of those assets that have been transferred. If those assets are transferred to another asset-locked body, more of that in a few moments, then it has to be to one that's been specified in the Articles of Association of the CIC. It's got to be made for the benefit of the community. It's not there to enrich the founders. And it's got to be made to another asset-locked body with the consent of the regulator. Now, within this restriction, that's essentially the asset lock. Now, I mentioned earlier that the Articles of Association should ideally include a condition about the asset lock, who the beneficiary is, normally seek their permission. If for any reason you haven't got that in the Articles, more of that later, then you can have them amended. Now, what is an asset lock body itself? Now, a CIC, as I mentioned earlier, is classified as an asset lock body but there are other organisational structures that can also be classed as asset-locked. These are typically a charity, a charitable incorporated organisation. That is a charity nonetheless, by the way, but it means that it only has to submit its documents to one regulator, that's the Charity Commission. It can either be a permitted registered society, or if for any reason it's a body outside of the United Kingdom, then it can be so. Now, it's quite possible, by the way, to nominate more than one asset lock body, and that nomination, by good practice, is normally reflected in the Articles of Association of the CIC. Now, I mentioned earlier about the inclusion within the Articles of Association of your designated organisation, your designated asset locked body that you will donate or transfer those assets to. Again, it's normal good practice to seek permission or to certainly to clarify with that entity that they're being so named. Now it may be a situation that the CIC decides to cease activity. It could be a voluntary dissolution, it could wind up, it may be that you found that you've actually achieved your objectives, your purposes, and the CIC no longer is needed and therefore it's going to be dissolved. Now if you have nominated an asset lock body within your articles of association then there's no major issue and they will be the recipient of any residual assets that you have after you've paid off any debts outstanding. These assets can still then be retained to benefit the wider community. Now again, you don't have to notify the nominated asset locked body, but it's good practice to notify them as common courtesy. Be careful, folks. When you do nominate an organisation or an individual to be the recipient of your assets in your articles, you must be careful not to nominate a director. You cannot nominate yourself. And if you wish to nominate a body that's outside of the United Kingdom, then you need to provide more information and proof to the regulator that the body is an equivalent body to that of a charity, CIC, or permitted registered society. Now, as a side note or a footnote, if you want to call it that, if for any reason you're transferring or selling any assets below the market value to those bodies, to any asset lock body, which isn't in itself nominated in your articles, then you need to have that approved by the regulator. There is a slight variation in this theme. You could be a CIC that has a share structure and therefore you will be paying dividends subject to the cap to those recipients. And therefore that is a particular situation whereby you can have assets transferred 
where those dividends are actually paid out. Folks, let's summarise where we are. We have the idea of an asset lock. Again, it's a feature of CICs, but it's also a feature of charities, CIOs, registered societies, and those equivalent bodies outside of the United Kingdom. The asset lock is there to protect the community that you're looking to serve. It's looking to preserve and give accountability to public funds that are made. And it's there as an assurance to those funders that any funders provided are to be used for the benefit of the audience that you're looking to serve, the client base that you have, those people in need that you've been set up to serve in the first place. If you don't actually have a nominated body within your articles, you can, by all means, amend your articles. Folks, I hope you found this podcast useful. I hope you got some value from that. If you did, I'd love it if you could share it. Let me know what your thoughts are. If for any reason you need support on your own CIC, if you need any assistance in terms of modifying those articles or in any sort of planning matters as such, then let me know. There's contact details in the show notes. And in the meantime, plan it, do it, profit.